Neighbors. Neighbors. Holy shit, Hambone. The election, I think, is over. I think. Maybe. 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm confused. I think the world is confused. I think our president uh, is confused. But at least it's uh, it's kind of over. Hambone, how's well, your week? I mean, my week was, I can't complain. We're going to acknowledge that Joe Biden won the fucking election. And, you know, just normal shenanigans are surrounding it now. And we're just going to play through and uh, we're going to see where the road takes us today, baby. But I can't complain. Last week sucked. Last week was yeah. just, by the end of that week, I was just ready, ready for that week to be over. Oh, the Groundhog Day for sure. And, uh, you know, kind of like, it's like, I got to work. I got to do work. So I'm going on, went on vacation this week, but I also just did not want to exist. I was trying to do as much Disney work as humanly possible. Hambone, what do we have in store for the kids this week? So we finally went and did it. We promised you we would, and we have delivered George and I finally watched New Mutants from the safety of our own homes, and we've definitely got some thoughts on it. I watched Truth Seekers on Amazon. It's a new Nick Frost, Simon Pegg series. I loved it, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Ghoul Town's got a new album out, and I had not heard of Ghoul Town because later on we're going to talk about Is the Nightmare Before Christmas a actual Halloween movie or Christmas movie? And when George said, oh, you got to check out Ghoul Town as well, I was hoping it was a series, but it's an album by a band. I enjoyed it. We're going to talk about it. But first, <laughs> I think I should give you what you probably needed real bad next week, and that's a cocktail. Give us that cocktail. We needed it last week. We needed it so bad. Well, it's, I gave you a cocktail last week, but now we just got to keep the drinking up, I think, until all this gets sorted out. So this is what we call a truth serum. Now, mm. I did, you know, trying to tie it into something. This week was kind of a weird week to try to tie things into because we're kind of going overtime on the Halloween stuff. And at the same time, there wasn't really anything I could think to tie into Ghoul Town except a margarita. So I went with, I mean, I could have did a spooky margarita, but we were doing the truth serum because that's the thing I have in front of me. So this is supposed to be in a martini glass, but you all know how I feel about the martini glass. So throw that martini glass right in the fucking garbage. <laughs> Get yourself a rocks glass with a big old chonky ice cube. In a shaker full of ice. You're going to do an ounce of Campari. You're going to do an ounce of sweet vermouth. Yes, we're going to use the sweet vermouth in this one, everybody. One ounce of gin and a little teardrop worth of Agnostora bitters. You're going to shake that bitch up, and you're going to strain it over that big, chonky ice cube. This is a sipping cocktail. Chonky. And it's chonky. a chonky ice cube. Chonky. And chonky ice. And it doesn't even need a garnish. So that's the truth serum. Have enough of those. You're going to be talking about... What made you feel bad as a child? Oh, uh, Hambone, Hambone. I I took a staycation this week. Uh, awesome. I've never staycated before in my life, and I was, honest to God, terrified to do so. Um, I am not very good at being at home. If I'm at home, I'm working. And, and that's even before work from home. Like, when I'm home, there's projects that need to get done. There's shit that needs to be painted. There's carpet that needs to be put down. There's stuff that, there's wedding albums that need to be designed. I can't just sit and veg on a couch. So I've had a very tough week. So I plotted out a mini vacation this week um, to do stuff. And and I have failed so miserably at like, oh no. at actually the do, I should have just sat home and done nothing. So uh, really quickly, the the two things I built my, I'm like for my birthday, Tuesday was my birthday. I Happy was, birthday, and I, and I thank everybody for all the birthday wishes. I really appreciate it on every single social media. I, I love every, each and every one of you. I decided to go to, um, I wanted to go to my favorite place to eat, not knowing if it was open, 
uh, the art cafe in, um, in, in Nyack, New York. It's an Israeli cafe. It has really weird, quirky types of foods, including tostinis, which are my favorite. I'm like, let's see if they have an – I know they have outdoor seating. Let's see what happens. We go there. The place is, like, locked down. Even oh, though it no. says it's open, and I don't understand, and I decide I'm just going to sit there and wait. And Allison's like, we can't sit here and wait. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and wait, and something will happen. And then we realize they don't open until 11, and the guy at the front door, I'm like, it's my birthday. He's like, I will get you in even though all reservations are filled. So I got to eat at my favorite place. We then went to the Bronx Zoo, and I forgot why I go to Turtleback Zoo because the mm-hmm. Bronx Zoo is pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. And really expensive. It was empty, though. Like, my whole thing is I'm building life around where it could be the least amount of people and I can still have fun. So, I'm like, the Bronx Zoo is enormous. What I forgot about Hambone was, have you ever been to the Bronx Zoo? Oh, yeah. That's why, like, when you said I went to the Bronx Zoo and I should have went to Turtleback, I was like, oh, here we go. The Bronx Zoo, you have to walk, like, 10 miles to go to the next animal exhibit. It's just not fun and then if that animal's not there you're frustrated it's like where's the fucking tiger you get really angry you get like really volatile and you're just a lot of cardio to not see a tiger yeah it's like i've just waited all the way to fucking asia where does the fucking tiger except i think that's africa but whatever it's just very aggravating so went home uh had a lovely dinner outdoors at um uh tabor road one of my favorite restaurants so dinner was okay but it was like getting cold and it was nighttime and I really started to feel for these restaurants because the outdoor seating thing, it's only going to last so long, even with heaters. Yeah. It's really cold outside. So we make it to today. Yesterday was rest and recovery day because the Bronx who fucked me up. Today, we go to Storm King. I'm like, Storm King is my favorite art park in the world. If anyone's ever been there, it's in upstate New York. It's an outdoor giant art park, sculptures, huge sculptures. And I'm like, I want to go. I got tickets. You have to get tickets in advance. Spent a fortune getting tickets. And it is the drizzle shits outside. But I'm like, it's rain. How bad can it be? We get up there and I forgot that we're up in Bear Mound. And it is like 20 degrees cooler. And there is like wind. And it is like sideways. And the rain I was supposed to stop at 10 in the morning did not stop all day long. We went. We did like a quarter mile lap. I go, we're going home. And we drove back home. And this is where I am, Hambona. This has been my staycation. I... Don't think I ever gonna stay Kate ever again. It's tough because there was the idea of a staycation in the old world. In the new world, a staycation's a little bit hard to manage because you now work from home and most people are working from yeah. home. So it's like and I kind of ran into this the other day myself. I kind of had a moment where I was like, oh fuck, we're still in the middle of this. Because I was like, man, I don't I haven't really gone anywhere. I, I, I realized I hadn't left my house in like three days. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just turn around from one desk and go to another desk at my job in my house going from producing podcasts to like actual work. And I was sitting here thinking to myself, you know, my boss was like, oh, you know, you have days you should take off. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm, the, I'm right <laughs> there with you. This year yeah. I got an extra week. It was like I got like 35 days of vacation. You know, we had Greece planned. We had Disney planned. It's yeah. like, I, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? My boss is like, put in for your holiday time. I'm like, nobody really, really works during the holidays. Am I, does it really matter? We're working from home. I, I have no concept of like days off. So that was my staycation. Let's talk a little bit about pop culture. What is the first thing on our docket today, Hambone? Well, it is The New Mutants oh. because we watched it. So this isn't new. I mean, we've been talking about The New Mutants forever. Uh, this was the movie that we really thought was going to be in the movie theaters for two days and then go VOD. And it really should have. But I have a feeling that contractually it wasn't worth the fight 
and now we know why it wasn't worth the fight. So I'm going to I'm going to not bury the lead here and I'm going to say if I had gone to a theater and risked covid to see this movie, I would have been pissed. So pissed. So pissed. So unbridled rage. I might have gotten arrested. I would have, would have been so mad. I made an actual scene in that movie theater because this is a terrible movie. And and the worst part is, Hambone, it is a eulogy to the X-Men cinematic universe as we've known it. The Fox X-Men cinematic, cinematic universe. This is the final movie. If you're going in thinking this is going to be Deadpool or Logan, you are wrong. If you are going in thinking this is going to be Dark Phoenix, Age of Apocalypse, yeah, 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 right. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, it's a big old stanky turd is what it is. It is so bad. I mean, granted, like, you know, I, I try to give a movie a lot of grace because it had so many reshoots. It had several different editors on it and all the King's horses and all the King's men. Uh, they couldn't put this movie together into a cohesive like it, they actually made it worse, I think, because they were like, well, we need to keep it PG-13 when they clearly like, the biggest hit that they've had as a film studio when it comes to this X franchise is an R-rated, super violent, super cussy, super funny Deadpool movie, thus proving the money is in that. Hey. And so instead of going to that, they went in the complete opposite direction and made a completely unwatchable movie. I, I got to put Logan up there. I saw it again recently, and it still holds up. It's still incredible. Logan is a masterpiece, and I would say that's right up there with Deadpool 1 and 2, with X-Men First Class. Like There are great moments, X2. There are great moments in the, in the X-Men universe. This is not one of them. Those... Who do well, not Logan, I think, is an asterisk. Uh, I want to say this real quick. It's an asterisk it? because, it, yes, it takes place in the X universe. I'm doing air quotes here. But really, if it was a story about a dude who had powers and it could have been in any universe, it would have been a great movie. It didn't It didn't necessarily need to be an X-Men movie. And like the final word in an X-Men movie, like I don't even actually count it because it's actually it's kind of more of an art house film than it is an X-Men movie. The, the only reason I disagree with you is because of Charles Xavier. And the reason why you shed a tear at watching that movie is because of him as Professor X, which is very poignant. If that's an asterisk, then this movie's an asterisk too. No, this movie actually takes place in the X-Men universe. It's an X it's a team movie about a bunch of teams with powers that are mutants. And they constantly say, We're gonna train, we're gonna get out of this place, we're gonna become X-Men. So it is legit in the X universe. Like, no kidding. Well, I believe But man, it stinks. I believe the original version there was supposed to be Storm playing the 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 character Celia Rees character, who is a real X-Men character, but not anyone anyone would care about. If anyone's ever followed the new mutants, the mutants formed it was Created back in the in the early 80s, it was kind of a hokey, very vanilla uh, mutant story until they got uh, a little more further along. It was much like X-Factor. I feel like it got its legs as it kept moving. And it basically told a story of a new team of X-Men. I mean, it was really like the next generation of X-Men, the new mutants. And it by the time it finished its run uh, later on in like the hundreds, before it became X-Force, it was the most badass comic book there was and i thought it was even better than x-men uh agree I, I 
feel like this had a lot of things going for it in that a lot of the main characters in this were strong characters from, from the New Mutants. So I was very excited to see who they were using. I, I thought the, the, the casting looked good. The, the previews looked great when they had the original one with uh, the, the cover of the uh, Pink Floyd song. I was, you know, another brick in the wall. I was really excited. When I was told that they were going to pause it because they wanted to put more money in it to make it more of a horror movie, I was like, you know what? Different. I'll take it. Let's see what it's into like. It. I'm into it. Like, look, uh, we know the X universe is running its course. They're, Disney's not going to continue the X universe as we know it. So this should at least be a standalone horror movie. But no, this actually sets up a New Mutants universe that will never happen, Hambone. What was your least favorite thing about this movie? Well, where do I begin? <clears throat> so I think, and I, I try to always not be a dick about this, but they, half the actors in this movie had very specific accents that they kept slipping in and out of. <laughs> and every time, like, I'm like, is it Irish? Is she an American now? Like, what's going on? Like, they kept slipping in and out of the accents. And I don't know if, and I try to give it a little bit of grace because I don't know if it's like, well, they had to reshoot that and I'm trying to get back into it because I was gone for like nine months because this movie was done and now it's not done. I don't know. Uh, the accents, it was it was terrible like that. They kind of did the same thing where underwater they had a lot of reshoots and it was like essentially two different movies kind of combined into one. And I think they did a better job with it with underwater. But there's definitely a clear like, we're not going to go far enough into horror that it's a horror movie, but we're also not going to go far enough into superheroes to make it a superhero movie. And by not really going dominant with either one, where it could have been like a 70-30 kind of thing, they kind of half measured both, and it just kind of lays flat and rides right down the middle, um, not even really touching either side. So there's like a couple things I saw in there. Creature designs, I like the creature designs. I, I liked the ultimate like what ended up being the big bad like i thought they did a pretty good job with that and establishing what that was uh but nonetheless man like all the fox x-men movies always look a certain kind of shitty and i'm not a filmmaker <laughs> and i can't put my thumb on what it is but they all have like the same like the same look the same lighting the same kind of meh Yep. Five to them. Nothing really stands out where it should. With the exception of uh, First Class. Uh, let me play a quick clip from it, uh, and you guys can tell. which just want to give you a good idea of the acting going on here. Are you ready, Hambone? Born ready. It's hunting us. No, it's hunting Danny. Why, Danny? Because that's what she fears. Come on. Do, do you feel the excitement and energy in this? The acting, Hambo? Yeah. No. I mean, like, you can even hear her kind of like waffling on that Irish accent, too. So I loved Inferno. Inferno is my favorite x-men crossover and i thought you know liana's in this they could go fucking into hell and that's where the horror is they botch all that up too this is so bad this is not a recommendation uh i feel like this is this is the end i mean this is the end this was the final pin pin in the x universe for fox i feel that they were going back and doing reshoots and they were going to try to make a different movie and then disney bought it and disney's like we're not putting any more money into this done i i, I think that they just had gone so far already 
but they had gone so far off base that no matter how much money they were going to throw into this movie, they were not going to stick the landing. Um, the director of it is the director that did the fault in our stars. His name is Josh Boone. And like, you can tell, and that's the thing too. They kind of like take it down a path where it's kind of like a teen love story as well, but they don't fully commit to that either. <laughs> it just kind of, it waffles in all directions. And I will tell you, like I, I obviously am a very big fan of music and like music history and like, like hearing soundtracks and how things land in, in the scores of, of movies. So I'm very particular when they go and they put a, a song in a movie where like it, they're just putting it in there just to establish what's happening in the scene instead of letting the scene establish what's happening in the scene. So that's kind of like a thing that is, you know, uh, it, it's a thing I have a bone to pick with a lot of movies. However, this one, they completely spectacularly fuck it up. <laughs> Because the kids are going to cut loose and they, they drug the teachers so they can go and party and be like teens. And so they start playing the intro to Bastards of Young, which is kind of like the perfect intro for something like that. Uh, and instead of just kind of fading the music out, they hit a point where they jump right to the chorus because you have to hear that chorus. But they fuck up the edit and it's like so like someone like kind of bumped their ass into like the disc man that you're carrying as you're bringing your groceries in and it just kind of skips to the chorus and it is so fucking bad and so out of place with like everything else that's happening in the movie i'm just kind of sitting here going why bother i mean granted the guy who did it josh boone is, is angling to do another movie that no one asked for and no one wanted a replacements biopic but like for the love of god please don't like, do we really want to watch a bunch of guys drunk and fucked up, stumbling? I mean, I just don't know what... Like, I love The Replacements. I've read their story in Our Band Could Be Your Life. I just don't think it's intriguing enough to justify a biopic. Maybe a documentary. Biopic? No, I'm not here for it. I just I don't mean, care. can can the people who do all those sweet documentaries over at Showtime and Cinemax yeah. take a stab at a Replacements one? I would pay to see that. Yeah, I will to. subscribe to your network. But well, not a biopic. Uh, that's that's New Mutants. Pass on New Mutants. It should be on VOD soon if it's not now. Uh, Tenet's coming out on, on VOD soon, so we might actually review that. that that's going to be our theme now. We're now going to review stuff like when they come out because the fact is nobody's going to the movie theaters, and nobody did, judging by the, uh, the, the, the revenue <laughs> that came out of these movies. So we'll probably be starting to review movies as they come to the general public. If everybody's cool with that, let us know. Uh, also got a lot of good feedback for the Guar interviews last week. So that, pay, awesome. that paid off and, uh, you know, very happy about that. Hambone, 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 Hambone. It's me. I got, a, I got my Sony PlayStation 5. All right. We got to talk about that real quick. I was I was hoping you were going to bring it up because it was a successful part of your staycation is that you actually got the PS5, which I actually have a screen up on my computer because I'm trying to get one for George upstairs uh, to be clicking. If you hear clicking around like the nine o'clock hour where it is here, that means I'm trying to get a PlayStation in my car at Walmart for George. I think we talked about it when they went on sale. Uh, Xbox came out two days ago. Uh the 10th on my birthday and the PlayStation came out today on the 12th. You're listening to this tomorrow, maybe 13th. I don't know. Our time is screwed up. Sorry for the late episode, by the way. I wanted to celebrate my birthday. Thank you. Anyway, uh, the PS5, though, I got it by going on Best I was at Best Buy at 8 at 8 o'clock at night when they went on sale the first time, the pre-orders, and they put them up early by accident. And then I spent four hours online, failed miserably. Right before I went on bed to bed, I was like, let's just check Best Buy one more time. Refreshed it, and it popped up. I think at that second, they refreshed the site, and I ended up getting one. But it was completely, uh, you know, like it was luck. It was 100% luck. 
And I was expecting today to be a clusterfuck. I was fully expecting. Well, A, I was, I've spent the last month expecting my order to be canceled. I heard Amazon right. people were getting canceled. But like two weeks ago, Best Buy is like, hey, your order's coming. Do you want to do like a white glove pickup? Like, let us know what time you're coming so we can have it ready for you. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Then like a couple of days ago, they're like, your order's done. Check your address. Make sure your credit card's right when we charge you. I'm like, okay, this looks good. Today, um, I go, I'm like, I wonder what mess is going to be at Best Buy. I expected lines down the door. But I guess New Jersey and COVID, I guess people are being a little more careful. No one's, or everyone said, we're not going to have units. Don't bother lining up, which is more than right. likely what happened. And so there's only a few people ahead, uh, not ahead of me, just in line at Best Buy in West Patterson. I immediately opened up the app and said, hey, you're at Best Buy. Do you want to get curbside delivery? I go, Sure. Hit the button, told them what parking spot I was in. Three minutes later, a big dude and an even bigger security dude walk out my PlayStation, put it in my trunk, say, thank you, sir. I have a PlayStation 5. How uh, long did that take altogether? Like 15 minutes? Less, like five. It was The whole thing was like five minutes from when I pulled into the parking lot to when I left. I so, love to wonderful. See it. That's awesome. Uh, my friend Jeff uh, told us that like Best Buy has the most amazing curbside pickup right now, and they do. Like it's If you need something and you need to go to Best Buy, do the curbside pickup. It is Really, really well done through the app and really appreciate that. The system itself, I got to talk a little bit about it or I'd be stupid if we didn't, especially since it's a geeky pop culture thing. It is gigantic. It is as big. It looks huge. It's as big as people say it is. It's like half the size, half the height of my 65-inch TV. It is the size of my pretty big Polk speaker. It is huge. Um, Because I had a lot of issues with the PS4's fan uh, which is a big reason why I bought the PS5 was because my PS4, I think, is going out the door. I have it set up like you're supposed to, which is vertical, not horizontal. The horizontal setup, it's very weird. It comes with this stand that kind of just floats underneath it. doesn't look very good. doesn't look very stable. So I'm like, all right, I'll put it up. I'll put it next TV. It's huge. I will tell you that it is very quiet, which I appreciate. The controller is really, really awesome. It's like a modern version of the traditional PlayStation controller, which hasn't really changed much since even like the PlayStation 1, with the exception of that little like touchpad up top. It's really nice. Uh, The setup, Hambone, I will tell you this. I fired it up, took a little bit to get the wires done. Once I fired it up, it was like getting a new iPhone. It was, um, I, I fired up, I put in my stuff. It said, hey, do you have a PS4? I said, yes. It said, is it on your same network? I go, yes, it's on the same network. Do you want to just move everything over? Yes. What? Transferred all the games and everything. Oh, that's so cool. And it did it in the background while I was playing something else. So it just moved everything. Like by the time I got home from Storm King, everything was already there. All my stuff was on there and it was ready to go. So I didn't even need to buy new games. I could play my PS4 stuff. I did buy Miles Morales. I will have thoughts on that down the line. You know how I do video games because I'm an old man. Love it. But I did get Miles Morales. Uh, I might get Call of Duty too. But um, it's a great, it's a beautiful system. It's a nice system. It's huge. Like you're buying a computer. I think we've gotten to a point where we're now buying computers in, 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 in video game boxes. This thing is as big as a tower. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you got the one with the disc, right? I did get the one with the disc. Uh, two reasons. First of all, I was trying to get it on launch day, and I figured more people were likely to go after the discless one than the one with the disc. So I was there. like, I have the extra 100 bucks. Why not go after the one that's probably going to be not as – most people are probably going to click on another one first. And it worked out for what it's worth. I have nothing against the discless version since the pandemic started. I've been buying most of my games 
As discless, I find them quieter with the fans, especially on the PS4. And I have no like Sony does so many sales that the the argument I used to have, which is I don't want to pay full price. I'd rather wait a couple months. I find that Sony's price is comparable to Amazon after a couple months. So oh yeah, hundred percent. And they do the free games all the time. So whatever. I got the even uglier version of it. Also, I have a whole bunch of Ultra HD 4K Blu-rays I've never actually watched because I've never had the player. I can now watch that now. So whatever. That's amazing. It's a bonus. It, nothing huge, but. So I have it. It is cool. Um, I did some price checking. Um, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. I, I've been obsessed lately with what things cost when we were young to what things cost now. Right. And I did find out that the new PlayStation 5, for inflation, costs as much as the PlayStation 1 did. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Inflation increased a lot from uh, 1995, 2000 to today. So it is interesting to see how much things cost. But anyway, I have it. I'm not the type of person that buys a next-gen system right out the gate. But again, my PlayStation 4 is kind of going, and I didn't want to have to buy the, the PlayStation Pro. And because of the pandemic, I've been playing a shitload of video games. So, Yeah, man. You know I what? mean, my experience with this was a lot of click, click, click. It's in my cart, and then it wasn't in my cart. Click, click, click. It's in my cart. It's not in my cart. Click, click, click. It's in your cart. We validated your address. Click this button to pay for it. Nah, just kidding. Last night, Sony put theirs on 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 the site. It was like one in the morning. I just finished watching New Mutants and Creep, and I'm like, let me try to get one for George because he's the only person I could probably, if I landed in my car and I bought it, he wouldn't be mad at me for buying him a four hundred dollars thing and he has to pay me back. Like I figured, yeah, like he's one of the not. few friends who would not be as like. And for, uh, be very clear, if I did that for any friend and they couldn't afford it off the bat, I probably I wouldn't like force them. But I was like, if I can get one, because the second I saw it, some one of my friends on Twitter was like, it just went up. It was like three seconds ago. So I'm like, let me hop on. And I was in a virtual queue for an hour. I don't mind that because I can do other things. And yeah, about same. 45 minutes later, the store opened up. For me, everything sold out. So I'm like, yeah. there. Uh, failed again. Well, they're, they're doing it at midnight if this, this Walmart thing doesn't happen in a few minutes. Then I'm gonna be up late. Walmart's been doing it like every three hours all day long. It's been a weird, yeah. weird thing. So, like I say, it's so close. So you're reviewing a show on Amazon I have not seen or heard of until just now. What are you? What are we talking about, Hambone? We're talking about Truth Seekers. It is the new Nick Frost and Simon Pegg series on Amazon. It is the amazing length of a show that I want to watch. Eight episodes are about a half hour apiece, and I'm gonna read you the IMDb description, which is. A team of part-time paranormal investigators use homemade gizmos to track the supernatural, sharing their adventures online. As their haunted stakeouts become more terrifying, they become to uncover an unimaginable apocalyptic conspiracy. And it's got Michael McDowell in it, and it is exactly what it says. It's a dude who lost his wife, who looks to the occult and beyond, and he's got like a, a ghost hunting TV show, and wackiness ensues there is a conspiracy going on in the background it also features um and i love this actress she is in she's in a show called crazy head that was on netflix she was in year of the rabbit she was just in enola holmes her name is susan wacoma she is so good in everything that she's in i highly recommend checking out anything you see her in and it's fun and all the episodes do it in such a way where you don't feel like they're trying to cram, even though they have a much shorter runtime for each episode. They have some nice swerves in there, and they also do a thing where they kind of always leave you wanting more. Hey, look, you don't have to sell me hard on this. It sounds like Ghostbusters with the guy from Shaun of the Dead. 
That's essentially what it is. It, it, it exactly what it is. I mean, they don't have like proton packs or anything fun like that, but like it's a good, clever ghost story. And it's just funny enough that it doesn't take itself too serious. And I really do enjoy that. I love Shaun of the Dead. I, however, you know, I have an issue with British humor. Is this you do. too British? It really isn't. It okay, is Amer It's like Americanized British. Yeah, like I felt Shaun of the Dead was the most British I can go. Yeah, you'd be fine. I think you would enjoy this. I definitely. And it's and Amazon's crushing it lately. Amazon's having like new shows coming out left and right. I just watched a show called Wayne the other day on Amazon about like this like you know this really troubled teen kid who like is always sticking up for like the little guy or doing things in the name of like you know street justice and like his dad's uh, Trans Am gets stolen and his dad dies. So he just burns the house down and goes on a trip to go get the car back with like some runaway girl it's actually it's really dark but it's actually pretty good so i'm kind of in the middle of watching that too well i think amazon's going to be home for a lot of the stuff now that hbo is not willing to pull hbo or netflix aren't willing to pull the trigger on and by that i mean outsider did you hear the news about that wait what happened outsider uh, the outsider did not get picked up for a second season they the <sighs> the creators walked yeah. in there with a full treatment a full everything and they, they were very excited on it and the show did incredible. I think it was one of the top viewed uh, first run shows on HBO. I don't even know what I just said, but it, it was it, it was. It's not like it flopped on HBO. It did very well. The Outsider, which we reviewed earlier, is based on the Stephen King story. I have a feeling HBO was a little concerned about doing um, a continuation of a property that Stephen King didn't write. And yeah, but this was so much better in the book that I was willing to be like, okay, let's go, let's do this. I'd be cool with it because they did a very good job on it, but they're shopping it now. So we'll see. It might end up somewhere else. They feel like the treatment, the, the season two story is that good that they're willing to uh, see if it gets picked up elsewhere. Plus I think Stephen King blessed it. So we'll see where that ends up. It could be Amazon. It's hard, man. These, these COVID protocols that shows have to do make the shows so much more expensive to do. Like, I can't imagine it's I almost don't even want to like open variety every day and like be like, all right, what's getting canceled now? Because like it's and, and also just a little, little sidebar here. So, of course, Grey's Anatomy this season is tackling covid. Fuck you guys and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> it's a little too fucking soon for that. There uh, you go. We got well, the stands coming out next month. I'm excited for that. And it's too soon for that. But they've been working on that for a while. I'm not, but, you know, me. it's an act of fiction. Like and the stands been around forever. Like Grey's Anatomy, read the fucking room. <laughs> I look, I get it. I get it. People try to be timely. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. I you watch Grey's I watch Anatomy? <laughs> like what? Do you before we keep moving on, do you recommend the show that you're talking about? Oh, I highly recommend the show. Uh, they wrapped it up nice. A little bit of a cliffhanger. But who knows these days if a show comes back or not, but you'll at least enjoy yourself for eight episodes. So as we've been talking about week to week, I no longer sleep in my bedroom. Gabe sleeps in my bedroom <laughs> with my wife. And, yeah. uh, and I sleep in the racing car. I think we mentioned that I spent a lot of money buying a nice mattress. I now went ahead for the racing car, which I reinforced. I don't know if we mentioned that. I reinforced. I created a subframe for the fucking racing car so I can hold my weight hand bone. So I got that. I got a really good mattress, even though I'm like working, still working out the smell of latex. Those foam mattresses throw me oh, a bit. No joke. Um, and now I'm losing my voice. But then I'm like. His sheets, kid's sheets are very thin. So I was like, I bought a Buffy twin size, like cloud comforter. Oh yeah. I went all in. So I sleep in the racing car now. That's life right now. It's just the way I am. Um, but I, it's um, funny though, because when he gets older, as he gets older, when he finally 
grows out of this whole like I need to sleep next to Mama thing. Like he's spoiled. He's he could never have a shitty bed as long as he lives no. because like from the time he's like small, like he's got like a Marriott bed. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. I mean, you're never gonna hear him being like, "Oh man, I didn't sleep good last night." And if he ever says that, I think it's okay to hit him. The- I'm not advocating you hit your children, but in that situation. You know, <laughs> it's so, a Marriott bed. The, okay, so here's the big thing that I haven't told anybody. I don't think you've told Allison this yet. So the car, the way the car is, you know, one day you'll get to come back to my house, see my car. The racing car has, like, windows that come up. It has, like, this, like, hump in the middle that's both to keep the kid from falling out of the bed and also to look cool. So it's got, like, a raised window portion. This is hard plastic, Hambone. At yeah. various points in the night, I'm used to sleeping in a king-size bed. I will knee the window or kick the window, and it is hard plastic <laughs> hand-bowed, oh, and my knees suck. And I will, yeah. I will yelp in pain at least once a night. I'll blow out my knee on the car window. And it's also very cold, which is why I bought the Buffy blanket because it was so – that car gets so fucking cold. My poor son's room – Whoever built our house, if you've ever been to our house, we have more windows than any house ever needs to have. But his room alone, it's not a huge room. It's maybe like 10 by by 8, maybe. It's not a giant room. It's got three fucking windows and one radiator. So it is very cold in that room. Immediately when we had him, we, we had the windows swapped out for real windows. But... Uh, it is a cold room. It is a cold bed. I am under my Buffy blanket. I'm sleeping in my race car. I'm living the dad life, Hambone. Living that sweet dad life. Uh, anyway, I also want to talk about something else. Well, actually, I'm getting to something. Uh, because of all this, Allison has it the worst. Because Allison has to go to bed with him at 9 and basically sleep with him at 9. And she doesn't come back down because Allison's like narcoleptic and she'll just pass out if she goes on the pillow. So when she goes up, she puts him in bed and she passes out too. So I don't lo- no longer can watch shows with my wife. It's, so part of the staycation, the best part of it is we have binge watched Fargo. We watched the first two episodes before oh, this started. Yeah. Holy fuck, guys. I'm going to put this straight up. I want everyone. This is the best show on TV right now, maybe of the year. This season is incredible. We did an early review. We're going to do a full review in a, maybe in a week or so, when two, three, when it ends. But it is something you should not sleep on. I don't know if anybody else is watching it besides Hambone and I, but it is some of the best. This is prestige television. 100% some of the best stuff I've ever seen. And everyone's just acting their fucking ass off. But it's also a great story. Holy shit. Holy yeah, shit. I'm, I mean, I love Chris Rock. I've always loved Chris Rock. And I really love Chris Rock when whatever show he's on actually lets him act. Exactly. He doesn't, just ha- he doesn't just have to do Chris Rock. Like, he can act. And when he goes, man... If he doesn't get an Emmy, we should riot. No, no, they, because... they back up the Emmy truck. Just back up the <sighs> awards truck yeah. to this show. Everybody on there. Everybody. When t- Timothy when Timothy Oliphant is the least good actor on the show, you know this show is incredible because fucking that, yeah. that that giant Italian, like holy fuck, he's awesome with the crazy eyes. The crazy bro. eyes. Yeah. Um. Ugh. You know, it's Jason Schwartzman. I mean, the guy hasn't done much in years, and he is killing it on this, doing pretty much the part that's made for him. And everyone, just everyone on the show, all the actors across the board, uh, just amazing, amazing show. Please watch it. We are going to do a full wrap. I I doubt they're going to blow the dismount on this. It's going to be self-contained because that's how Fargo works. 
uh, really worth hunting it down if you you know have the FX app or what Hulu I might will probably have it. Definitely, yeah, definitely check it, it out. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I had to um, I had to put that plug in because I do feel like not enough people are talking about it. But it's hard because there's no water cooler, so I can't really yeah. go talk to people about it. But even Allison's like, Fargo is good, and this blows out any previous season of Fargo. My tie happy hour. The internet's cooler. Oh my god. Anyway. We are talking now about Ghoul Town. Yeah. Uh, you had never heard of Ghoul Town before. I didn't. And I'm shocked that I haven't because it's essentially like Ranchero Calabrese. Yeah. Look, Ghoul Town has been around forever. I mean, they've been around, I think, since like 99, maybe. I have, and it's possible why you've never heard of them. And one of the reasons why I get very upset is I've never seen them live. They've never really come to New York. They claim on their site that they've come to New York at some point, but I have never seen them in the New York area. They are definitely on my bucket list. They are a band I would love to see. They are not for, uh, there's no real way to describe them other than if anybody says they're horror punk, those people are lying to you. Uh, this is not a horror punk band. This is a straight up, I don't know. I would call this a, it's almost like a tequila induced fever dream with like a cowboy band fucking a mariachi band. I agree, 100%. It definitely sounds like a cowboy band fucking a mariachi band fucking Davey Havoc while Calabrese watches and jerks off in the corner. Yeah, that that that, that sounds just about right. Uh, I love this band so much. I uh, can't access my tablet right now because for some reason forgot my password. Oh, there we go. Okay, oh my God. I got really scared I was not going to have the song list in front of me and that would be really dumb and I'd just have to tell you to keep going with it. But um, this is uh, their brand new album. It looks like they have been working through the pandemic, which is fantastic. They started a Kickstarter for this a while back, either a Kickstarter or GoFundMe. I can never figure those out. But um, they, I was like, okay, they're doing this now. It's going to take a long time before the album actually comes out. They've got to fund it first. It's not, nope, 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 nope. Like weeks later, I get the, you got our first single and the album is coming. And it dropped, uh, I think it dropped around Halloween. And it's called Curse of El Dorado. Uh, El Dorado holds a big spot in my heart because uh, I love, also love the song by Iron Maiden. And this True. is very much like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like this is, if you were to write the soundtrack to a country Western punk movie, this would be it. This would be the, the theme song to it. And this is, I want you to talk a little bit, Hamba, because I've listened to all their albums. They had one song that is one of their best songs. It's called uh, Drink With The Living Dead. And I have always pictured it, when I listen to the song, it's a very long song. It's about a man who confronts a zombie. A zombie walks into a bar and basically goes, I will drink you, drink for a drink. And whoever is left standing, if you, if you are standing and I'm not, you get to live. And in my mind, Hambone, this song is like 15 years old. In my mind, I always pictured you being the man who drinks the zombie under the table in the dream, the, in the in the video that I was casting myself, I was like Hambone is the only man who could take out the living dead with, with alcohol. With yeah, alcohol. In, my, in my heyday, in you your bet. heyday, and that and that, yeah. I just that's why I've always thought of this band, but I've never actually bothered to tell you, hey, maybe you should listen to a band called Ghoul Town. But uh, they also did an amazing cover of London London Dungeon by uh, the Misfits, and according to Josh Goldfarb, their Misfits' worst song actually done very well by Ghoul Town. So. Definitely check it out. But what are your thoughts? What do you, you know, what, what, what do you think about when you heard this? You know, it's, I, I listened to it and my first reaction was how the fuck did I not hear about this band before? And how the fuck have I not been listening to this band for years? I mean, it's 
like it's got like a, a foot on the base of every single thing that I love. And it's just it's just good. I mean, the whole album is good. There is uh, Night of No Tomorrows, which I think is one of the best songs on the record. Also, uh, Heads You Die, Tails I Kill You. Like <laughs> it's it's what I want hard punk and country to be at the same exact time. And like they have a lot of albums and I'm looking back and I'm like, they, they, they could have never have come to New York. They probably, they say they've been in New York, but if they had come to the East coast years ago, they would have honest to God been a hit. People would have loved this band. People would have been like going to see this band for decades. Like I'm shocked that they never played connections, you know, <laughs> like where was this fucking band? Yeah, no, I, I think they had day jobs and I think they might still have day jobs. Uh, but I absolutely love this album. I love this band. This album, if you at all, do, if you do know who Ghoul Town is, this sounds like Ghoul Town. I mean, this is not reinventing the wheel. There is a lot of, you know, definitely you, there's a mariachi feel. There is a, 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 a hillbilly uh, cowboy feel. This does not get into psychobilly. I try to avoid the psychobilly reference a lot of people will call them that it is not they don't have an upright base they do not have that whole like you know we're gonna be as fast as we can this really is you know the soundtrack to a punk rock western i'm gonna play a little bit uh, my favorite song oh, that's here. good I'm not, my that's a good punk rock western yep yeah i'm gonna play a little bit from the worm this is my favorite song on here hold on a sec doo, doo, doo. i like this because it feels like it also could be an 80s soundtrack song same. But then his voice kicks in, and you're like, no, this is Ghoul Town. His voice is awesome. Hold on. So. Snakes, they crawl into our lives. Among us all, they slither and ride. Making their way through the ages of time. I don't know. I don't know whether it's the swing beat. I just love this so much. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, again, a band I have not seen live. They are on my bucket list. We had talked about bucket list bands before. I keep forgetting about them because they just, it's not like I miss them. I just don't see them. I think they came here with Rancid once when Rancid did a whole bunch of nights in BB Kings, but I picked the wrong night. Uh, that could also be 12 Step Rebels. I don't know. That My 20s, tough time to remember, but it all blurs. Definitely check out Ghoul Town. Definitely check out The Curse of El Dorado. It is out now on CD and streaming and CD. Why did I throw CD out first? It's going to be on vinyl in November. CD. I hopefully <laughs> will be getting one. And I hope this introduces everybody to Ghoul Town. I think they are an awesome, awesome band. So, and, and it continues our weird, like, we're going to continue Halloween well into the year, even though, like, it's not Halloween anymore. And with that. Hey, why not? With that, I'm losing my voice, Hambone. You are. Again. And I don't know why this keeps happening to me. Maybe I need to go to a doctor. But I'm not sick. So, oh, I did go to urgent care, though, this week. I actually am sick. Oh Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Hambone. I uh, on my uh, was it my birthday? No, it was the day before my birthday. It was Monday. Uh, my ear started leaking. My ear started leaking. I've never had my ear leak before. It just was leaking, and it was crust all over. I'm like, let me go to the urgent care. Forgot that COVID spiking line out the door, Ooh, and yeah. I, the security is like, are you here for your COVID test? I'm like, nope. I'm here to get my ear checked. What do you mean? Well, I'm not here for COVID tests. I have nothing wrong with my chest. I'm perfectly healthy. My ear is leaking. I think I have an ear infection. Can we have this checked out? Oh, okay. And then it, that conversation repeated like six, seven times. Uh, finally met with the doctor after hours of waiting. 
And he's like, so do you want a COVID test? I'm like, no, I think you should save that for someone else who might need a COVID test. I know I'm like fine right now. But he's like, yeah, you have a massive infection in your ear. Like, how the fuck did that? Because I don't know. He's like, here's a Z-Pack. Go home. So I've been dealing with that. Uh, but my voice, I'm not quite sure. I think it's because I get so excited to hear you, Hambone. I, also, I know. I miss you too, buddy. I also think I blow my voice out every single time in that first introduction line, the every Hey, Boys time. and Girls. That um, and then I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the fluids. I'm not hydrating enough, Hambone. It's just I drink a lot of water, buddy. I need to, I need to. But Nightmare Before Christmas. So this hit me as a subject because I'm like, I, Gabe. I don't know if I told you this or not, but Gabe fell in love with Halloween this year. It wasn't so much that he liked Halloween. He he's three and a half, a little under three and a half. And he has never in the past really, you know, the holidays were the holidays, but he didn't accept them. He didn't, he wasn't aware of them yet. This year, Halloween just blew his mind. And it is like, he can't stop running around the house talking about mummies and like, mummy, mummy. And he just walks around. I'm like, are you asking for your mom? And he's like, no, mummy. And he has his arms up, like pretending to be a mummy. I don't even know where he learned that. But the kid can't say Christmas or Santa Claus, but he can say fucking Halloween. He says ho-ho for Christmas and Santa Claus. Halloween, all three syllables, Halloween. Hollow, hollow. Is that three syllables or four? Whatever. He loved Halloween. Um, you know, we went trick-or-treating. Uh, I don't know if I said this or not, but at my parents' house, they did a nice safe Halloween thing where they had people out with uh, little gift bags at the curbs. And he just was obsessed. He loves Halloween. Halloween's his favorite thing. And he keeps asking to watch Halloween TV. So I'm like, well, the best Halloween movie TV for kids, it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Because I'm sorry, Charlie Brown kind of sucks if you watch it these days. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really hold up. It doesn't hold up at all. There's one of them. Long. One of them holds up. I don't remember if it was Great Pumpkin or Christmas, but it doesn't hold up. And there really isn't much else that I can show my kid that's Halloween that's not either really juvenile or like really scary except for Nightmare Before Christmas. And that handbone is why I want to talk for 10 minutes or so about the Nightmare Before Christmas, what it means for our like cultural significance, pop culture. I feel like this is a movie that really, first of all, Disney, I think, slept on when it came out. I don't know where they were. I mean, I know it was the dark days of Disney when they had like shitty movies like Hercules. But like it came out my senior year of high school, and I watched it so many times – I, I this movie lasted in the movies so long it came out during Halloween and it was still a blockbuster at Christmas. What are your earliest thoughts of Nightmare Before Christmas? I loved it when it came out and Disney like it's funny because you know like we see it a certain way. Like we see the Nightmare Before Christmas like as its legacy to Disney, right? But like at the same time they slept on it so hard. It came out in 1993. And they really did not give a shit about it until it hit DVD, and then people started kind of word of mouth telling people about it, and then all the merchandise just started printing money. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think early on, maybe ninety four, ninety five, like you could easily um, get a license to put Nightmare Before Christmas on anything because Disney didn't really even know what they had at that point, but. Once 95, 96 came, it really started like, you know, started seeing the shirts and Hot Topic. You started seeing like, say, you know. I think Hot Topic had a big thing to do with it and Hot Topic was not a thing yet until like 94, 95 when punk rock became a lot bigger. Yeah. And I've 
always been kind of on the fence with it because I think it's a Christmas. Well, I thought it was a Christmas movie. And I want to have this conversation too. I want to have the conversation of what you think it is. Go ahead. So I think it is both. Mm -hmm. I think it is both a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie. And I think it really, it's like gremlins. Obviously I watch gremlins probably several times a year and I, Gremlins is a Christmas movie to me, but at the same time, I can see how it is still technically a horror movie per se. So I think, you know, Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas really does feel like both. And it's it's enough, like, you know, earlier in the episode, we talked about New Mutants not really committing to one kind of genre. And that's where it failed because it, it didn't even do like a full half measure of either. This is truly like a seamless right down the middle oh we are this is a halloween versus christmas war and this is how it integrates and this is why it's important that they're together as a holiday so i am going to say it transcends christmas and halloween it is just a holiday movie yeah and and, i mean the movie starts off so i've watched it like two or three times now in the last couple weeks because gabe does enjoy it um it starts off with the end of halloween like halloween just ended and they celebrate that they did another great job with Halloween. For those who don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't know, but this is, uh, you know, in the fantasy world, there is different holidays, have their own worlds. Uh, Christmas world has its own world. Easter world has its own world. Halloween world has its own world. Uh, the Halloween ghouls are definitely a lot more evil than your typical safe Halloween, which I love. Yeah. I love that. It's definitely creepier. Uh, Jack Skeleton is the ringleader. He creates the Halloween narrative every year. And it is a story of him. One, he's getting tired of it. He wants to re, ins, re get reignite the flame, be inspired. And he goes to Christmas town to get inspiration, kidnap Santa Claus and has to do Christmas, Christmas town himself. He has to be Santa Claus. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Even more amazing is the fact that Tim Burton did it with stop motion. It is one of the last real stop motion animation movies. Everything's claymation. I got to see the Tim Burton exhibit at the MoMA a few years back, maybe a decade back. And it yeah. was incredible to see how much time and energy it took to make it like an hour and 17 long minute long movie, uh, maybe an hour 15. It's not even a full hour and a half. And it is crazy the level of detail he put in there. It's also crazy to think that Disney greenlit like a Tim Burton movie when Tim Burton was at the high point of some of his creepier stuff. I mean, post-Batman, but it was definitely, you know, he was well known for the darker Batman. Beetlejuice uh, at the time. Edward Scissorhands, I believe, had come out a year or so before and was very, very creepy. This is full-on Tim Burton. It is a great story, but it also again, has transcended time, whereas people like the goth community hugely embraced the, yeah. the all the characters. I mean, you don't have to be goth to really enjoy them. I mean, just so many cool little characters, the toys of it, the lock, shock, and barrel, and the mayor, and Sally, and everybody in there. It just, it's so great. Do you ever wonder whether they should have or will they one day realize what they have and do a sequel? Or do you think t- Tim Burton owns that and that'll never happen? I think it's a perfect place in time as far as like Disney classics go. And I think that like, I don't think they'd be able to replicate it. I think the way it was back then, I mean, it, it, it looked revolutionary at the time, you know, because it is very much like, you know, you watch things like, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Mad Monster Party and all the Rankin and Bass stuff. And then like you see what they're doing 
and the nightmare before christmas and it's just like it's it's stunning it's it's true art uh, to the point even like all the creature and monster designs you know I, I love old uh bastille halloween decorations and stuff and like this is like the closest i think we've ever come to really seeing it executed on screen how it would look in truly ghoulish and nightmarish i don't think they could replicate that i i think that it was lightning in a jar and because they didn't know what they had it was able to grow and become something of you know a, in its own way a cultural juggernaut and you just can't get that back, man, especially not nowadays. Like, I know Disney is partial to making direct-to-video sequels of some of their biggest movies. Like, there should never have been a sequel to The Little Mermaid. I'm no, sorry. No. should not have been a Lion King 2. There is a certain thing, I think, that is neglected. Um, a certain idea, I think, that's neglected in the last, like, decade or so, maybe even almost 20 years now, where it's like a piece of art can just be a piece of art. Like, a statement of art, a movie, a song, a fucking book. Not everything needs a fucking sequel. Mm -hmm. You know, make merchandise till the cow comes home. Please. People will buy that shit. But it almost cheapens it when they feel like, well, what if we told another story? You don't need another story. They, the story is done. The, the, the story is complete. It's self-contained. It's a now a holiday classic that families put on and watch with their kids. Like, you know, Kids who grew up with that movie now have children of their own, and they can share that experience with their kids. Like, I don't, the, you, you're making enough money on merch. Like, you don't need to make a sequel. Yeah, don't tarnish and, and it. Look, we're not saying there's plans to do it. I was just curious. I will say, that oh, there, there, there have been plans. There have been oh, rumbles. They have. Oh no, they, they, it comes up here and there. Like, you know, one of the things I do besides, like, I, I am a voracious reader of pop culture stuff like i read like deadline i read variety i read bill you know i read all the different things just to kind of put my ear to the ground to see what's going on and there has been rumblings you know somewhat credible that they were thinking about doing it and they were kind of tossing around ideas but like nothing ever came close to even on paper being able to capture the magic of the original no i completely agree it would, it would be strange and tim Burton would have to have so much creative control of it that it would probably you know that's not the same disney as it is today i will say that was a huge time of innovation outside like on the outskirts of disney because while they were making some pretty clunker movies uh, under the Disney umbrella, you know, you had Nightmare Before Christmas, but like a year or two later, you also had Toy Story, which completely changed the game. Now, given that was under Pixar at the time, but that was, you, you got to see what they were thinking of. You know, they were, they were greenlighting stuff that were different types of animation because they weren't just cutting it with their traditional Disney animation. And obviously Toy Story changed the game, but Nightmare Before Christmas did as well. And again, it, it is great to still watch it today. And the story is... Again, it's creepy. My Gabe was a little off, put off by it at first. Also, the music. Uh, I have a little something for you right here, Hamba. Hold on. Oh, oh, what could that be? Could it be Halloween? It's oh Halloween. yeah, Halloween. All right, dancing at my desk. Uh, Shoulders popping. This movie is like an hour fifteen. It's predominantly music. I do not like musicals, Hamba. We all know that. Oh, my, oh uh, no. My hatred of musicals. This, however. I hear making making Halloween and 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 kidnap the Santa Claus. There's some great great songs on here, and uh, Allison argues me she does not like all the music on here. But I'm like, this is a great soundtrack. And a few years back, I know a whole bunch of punk bands and Marilyn Manson, and a couple other people, Rise Against. I think all like covered songs off of it. Uh, but I, I I I look. I love the soundtrack to it. I have it on double vinyl. It's it's very near and dear to my heart. 
Well, definitely watch it. Whatever holiday you feel suitable, I'm going to watch it this Christmas. It's one of my Christmas movies, that and Gremlins, and Die Hard, because it's a fucking Christmas movie. Gremlins, I like to, you know, the best thing I ever did, and sadly we're not going to be doing it this year, uh, going to see Gremlins at the Alamo. I know. I don't want to talk about it. Getting my uh, getting my Gremlins tiki mug. Like, make me sad. That was I. I gotta. We gotta. We gotta. gotta can't forget. Mm. Can't forget. I know. That was. I know. That was my first Alamo. And come on, look. I am the biggest Alamo fan person in the world. Uh, I also noticed uh, really quickly on the Tiki Tip. Uh, they freaking uh, Mondo dropped a whole bunch of like Disney Tiki today. They're really Tiki Farm and Mondo. It's still going strong. I mean, I, I got my Lock Shock and Barrel Halloween mug a year later. Uh, I got my giant Mickey. But they are literally, uh, they're they're hammering out all these different, they have the Lion King one, they have a few different versions. But I also just noticed that um, uh, Middle of Beyond, is that the name of it? The the yep, sweater, mob. the chunky sweater, yeah, Mob, the chunky sweater, uh, Krampus sweater, Gremlin sweater company. They yep. just launched a uh, Night of the Living Dead Tiki Collection uh, mug. What? Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying seeing, again, I know there's a big argument over is this Tiki, is it not Tiki. I think it's all tiki. Tiki's whatever. Tiki's in your heart. Uh, Forever. But I'm loving this. Love seeing all these uh, tiki moments. I have slowed down as the year progressed. As I realized this COVID thing's landing quickly with my uh, tiki binging. So not going as crazy anymore. But obviously, if any new bars open up, I will buy a new tiki mug. Hopefully, when I go there, Hambone, this has been an excellent show. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Did I miss anything? No, I feel like we're good with everything. I just want to shout out to any of our fans in Chicago. I know they're about to shut you down on Monday for about 30 days. So just hang in there. Stay safe. Try to stay sane as best you can. You'll get through it. And to all our Chicago Tiki bars, oh, stay strong, guys. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's. I don't want to see any of them die. I don't. But, you know, it's the world we live in. Hambone. 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 It's me. Next, we've got Iron Maiden's got a live album I think we're we'll going to be covering. Uh, yeah. Get ready for that. We are going to be doing Blood of Zeus. I'm excited to watch that this week. And uh, just a lot more fun stuff. Guys, if you have any ideas, suggestions, feel free to drop us a line. Definitely rate, review, and subscribe. Hambone, how can the kids find you? You can find me on the Twitter at Hambreaker. I tweet about cute animals. I tweet about board games. I tweet about Dungeons & Dragons. You can follow my day-to-day adventures in podcasting and in life over on Instagram, I'm posting a little more. We're getting there. We're we're doing stuff. George, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm getting I'm getting very excited watching you doing stuff. Just so you know, uh, you can reach me at the GLK Creative on Twitter, GLK Creative on Instagram. You can follow my uh, all my blog and all my old photos at cultofgeorge.com. I'm trying to fight a sneeze right now, and that sneeze is coming, but it's not. And God bless I'm, you. I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> Except, did I mute myself or did I mute no, everything? No, everyone heard you sneeze. It's fine. Oh, God damn it. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, you can, uh, mytitv.com is our entire archive. I'm tossing around the idea of starting up an Instagram account for us where we just post photos of tiki's and tiki bars and pop culture stuff that we love. But I can barely get Hambone to like post stuff on his own stuff. So I'm a little apprehensive about this, but I'm going to think about it. Anyway, we love. I ebb, I flow. You have you flow. Hey, gotta live life. You gotta live your life. Hambone, take us out. Everybody remember, be nice. Wear a mask. Socially distance yourself. Have some fun at home. Aloha.